of amazing stories. And the purpose of this podcast is to collect those stories from the people that lived them. Where We Landed is a podcast that recognizes our whole story told by the individuals that live and love this small Indiana county. today by Marion Design Co., a social design studio whose mission is to create sustainable design solutions to magnify the powerful stories behind organizations, businesses, and individuals. We believe good design should be accessible to everyone. Our clients include Marion Health, Mississinawa Schools, Princeton University, the City of Marion, and more. With a combined 46 years of professional design experience, collaboration is critical to our empathic design solutions through graphic design, interior design, placemaking design, and design thinking. Whether it's branding, marketing, space planning, commercial or residential interior designs, or strategic design thinking, Marion Design Co. will hold your story with care. Located in downtown Marion, Indiana, reach out to hello at mariondesign.co. Find us at www.mariondesign.co or on our Instagram and Facebook pages. Welcome to Where We Landed. My name's Scott Miller. I'm one of the hosts today. In the studio, we've got Iris Brunner. hey And Alicia Hazelwood. Hello, hello. Good to see you guys. Good to see you. They can't see us, but we can see you. So we are excited. I'm going to hop into some questions. We always like to stir things up and get us kind of in the mood for chat. And so I've got some questions and our guests can participate as well. Um, so have you ever borrowed something and not given it back? If so, what was it? Oh, sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure, I have. Probably clothing items, but also maybe books. You, don't trust me with your books. If you want them back, don't it's not going to me. <laughs> don't give them to me. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. I've don't. Any books missing. I think I did return a book to you, though. Oh, really? <laughs> I think I did. But I think it's because your name was in the inside sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> does not belong to me. Yeah. Scott. I was trying. That's a good question. I yeah. uh, was on a golf trip and somebody left their driver, and I still have it in my garage. And that's Ooh. been like two years ago. So Do you know who the driver? Oh yeah, to? yeah. No, I know him, and I call him, and he's like, "I he's, suck at golf, and so don't even worry about it." Oh, okay, so it's just in your say, bag like, now. Do you <laughs> see him, this person regularly no. that you could have returned it? I, no, I don't oh, see okay. him very often. But yeah, mm-hmm. but that that's one. And then my brother has taken my ski equipment and still has it. <laughs> So I can think of people who've taken stuff from me. I was going to say, this was stuff you borrowed. Yeah. Yeah. Been you said you're not use this, So Scott. Brian, bring it back. Brian, bring it back. So. Anything? The way I like to look at this is that I'm still borrowing it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, books, like books, just not DVDs. Done yet. Yeah. Those are still a thing. Like the, the statute of limitations DVDs. is not up yeah. on the, the borrowing time. Yeah, and yeah. it's fair. Got it. Like, I like lend stuff out and sort of sometimes <laughs> no, never seeing that again. Yeah. <laughs> what reality? Whoa, you have whoa, to answer. whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Back it. up the bus. You tried. <laughs> Back up the bus. I tried. Pull over and park. Yeah. I tried. Lay in that plane. <laughs> um, have I ever borrowed something and not given it back? I'm sure I have. I can't think of anything like off the top of my head. I'm going to probably say dishes. Like when I go to like my parents or you go to Thanksgiving and they're like, oh, here's, yeah. Yeah. I'm super bad about that. And I tell people, I'm like, you can't trust me with these. Like if you want it back, then you you better send like, you know, the turkey container. Yeah. We always (laughs) said like when I send food, I send it in things you can throw away that I don't want back. But yeah, I'm probably have some dishes that belong to somebody. That's a good one. I feel like there's some trust issues with Iris. You can't trust her with books. You can't trust her with Tupperware. I am over scheduled. That's what (laughs) it it is. Like I want to bring over a dish. So when you get to the bottom of it, it says, please return to Alicia. That's great. I feel like they used to have like stickers like that too. Like put on it. Put on a a dish. (laughs) Anyways, I did read that there's somebody that will go to like, you know, like Goodwill or like the rescue mission or whatever. And they'll go and buy like those like old print like Pyrex, but they'll do it on purpose. So like if they have like a take a meal or a meal train or something like that, they'll just take it in that and be like, don't give it back. Yeah, (laughs) it's yours. (laughs) Right? It's yours My grandma like only sends food home and like plastic yeah. throwaway stuff because yep. right. she just knows yep. it's not coming back. So. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's good. That was a good question. So what reality TV show or game show do you think we should all do together? Uh, Family Feud. Right? <laughs> that 
that was That'd the first really one good. that popped into my head. No question. With Steve Family Harvey. Food. Yes. Absolutely. Oh yeah. That'd be fun. Absolutely. That would be ridiculous. Maybe we should do a podcast one day that's just family feud and we <laughs> get these funny questions <laughs> that we have to answer yeah. the first thing that pops into our head. Yeah. Ooh, like that Survivor might be would be good for you guys. Survivor? Yeah, well, it says we, so yeah. you would be on it yeah. with Oh, us. I'm just a guest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you're a part of the we today. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, last well, one. Well, I can invite you all. There to you Mississauga 1812. And then vote us out. Yeah, I'm losing the immunity challenge. Kylie <laughs> right. has an upper edge. Already. I need to go home. <laughs> All right, last question. What is your opinion on horoscopes? I don't believe in them. No? Uh-uh. My wife, on the other hand, like would read it every day if she she's always like, oh, I believe this stuff. Yeah, I I um I mean I don't put a ton of stock in it, but I also believe they're intentionally vague enough that yeah. they could apply to anyone in any type of situation. So True. yeah, I mean I'm a, I I'll flip and read it, or if something goes by, I'm like oh well, let me see what mine would be. And but I it's and then not, you're like meh, meh, so more fun than yeah. it's it's kind of like the the fortune cookie fortunes yep. like at Panda Express or whatever. My kids love those, but <laughs> I'm always like well it'll apply to you no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what is going on, it applies. Mum- mumbo jumbo. Mumbo jumbo. Don't believe it. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Are you sold on it? No. Oh, okay. Like yeah. I've got family that's completely sold on it and they've like read my star chart and all of that kind of stuff. And I'm like, Oh, that's so cool. And I'm like, whatever. Yeah. Like, I'm curious to know, like, I don't know anything about a star chart. Like, I'm just curious to know, but like not curious enough to like, do the research i just want someone else to tell me what am i right and that's what this happened with this particular family member they were completely into it right and they were like i need your birth date and the time you were born and the city you were born in and i can tell you what stars you were born under and the moon and all of that sort of stuff however there are some things to that that i think are definitely impactful to you but the horoscope piece like I can see myself in a lot of different horoscopes, but I'm also a Scorpio, so I'm like the worst. Oh, I was gonna say that's the worst to have. So it's not. <laughs> I have no idea. It really is. What? Ask Jean, and she'll be like, "Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I feel bad for Elise, right? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I feel bad for Steve. That was yeah. That's <laughs> the thing. Everybody feels bad for Steve. I can't help how I am. Uh, he chose to be with. I us. love you just the way you are. Oh, thank. Thank you. Yep. I appreciate okay. it. Okay. On now we're moving thing. on. Yes. <laughs> well, I have the pleasure today to introduce our guest. Uh, thanks for playing along with our uh, fun and, and randomness. Uh, we have in studio today, we have Anthony Decker. He is an entrepreneur. Okay. Everybody get down your pen and paper oh boy. and write these down because these are, these are impressive. Um, he is the business owner of Living Forward ABA, LVF Properties, Living Forward Therapies, the Old Fits Public House. We'll get into what that is later. And he's also uh, the current sitting president of the Mississippi Battlefield Society. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I wish you guys could have seen Alicia's face. <laughs> I was like, was ooh, there's so a button. Great. That's so great. So, Anthony, the first question we always ask is, how did you land here? I was born here. So, uh, landed in Marion General Hospital. <laughs> nice. And, um, Someone hopefully, caught you. Hopefully I didn't fall too hard. Yeah, yeah. someone we'll caught you. They, they'll lie about it if I did fall. Mm-hmm. So who knows? But yeah, I was born here and uh, practically sort of been here ever since. Moved out um, after high school. But uh, I call it the tractor pull. Marion has a <laughs> weird <laughs> tractor pull to Ooh, suck I you like back that. in. So um, happens to a lot of people and it happened to me. How long were you gone for? You said after high school. Um, let's see. For about six years, I think. Okay. Yep. Yep. Moved to Fort Wayne. That's where I went to college. IPFW, which is now Purdue University. But uh, IPFW and uh, lived up there for a little while. Uh, basically until my wife and I um, were thinking, well, we'll probably want to have kids. So family's all down in Marion. So mm-hmm have that family support and we are both come from very, very close, tight families with grandmas, grandpas, great grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins, and we're all super close and we have valued that greatly over our lives. So we wanted our kids to be able to 
uh, do the same exact thing. So is your wife from this area then too? Or? Yes. So we're high school sweethearts. Um, both went to Marion High and uh, both went to IPFW together and um, and then wound up back here together. So Very good. Now I can say I also work for my wife. So uh, <laughs> Don't we In all. the ha- home yeah. and outside of the home. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. It's a good yeah. job to have. Mm-hmm. Good job to have. So talk to us a little bit about IPFW. What did you study when you were there? Um, a couple things. Organizational leadership, supervision, and communication. Um, some minors in uh, religious studies and... Uh, sorry, I was banging the table and, uh, English, uh, creative writing. So yeah. And in fairness, you're banging the table because you're a drummer. I played music (laughs) in my past. Yes. Yep. Yep. Played a lot of music in college. So it is a bad habit of mine. So I apologize. Not a bad habit. Very interesting. So with that, you said you played music in college. So was that a part of your study or was that something you like just had a side gig? Nope. All self-taught, um, actually here, um, in, Marion uh, in high school, uh, my buddies and I started making music. Let's uh, let's go buy instruments and make a bunch of noise in the garage and make make a band. And we started playing. And that's, you know, uh, where I think sort of uh, a lot of my love for Marion even started was truly in high school because we started to immerse ourselves in uh, an artistic or musical culture here in town that we used to have. And um and it just continued and got more serious and more serious through college. And then um, uh, was blessed to be part of some really, really cool bands and had made lifelong friendships with musicians. And uh, that was sort of, I would like to think, um, my and our first business experience because we treated our bands really serious and took took a lot of the band work, uh, whether it be marketing and networking and you know, selling merchandise and CDs and all kinds of stuff. Really, really serious because we had the drive. We wanted to make it big. We wanted to do the real thing. We tried our hardest. And and we say that we were su- very successful, even though the world doesn't know our name or anything like that. But it was it built such success in us as young adults. And uh, yeah. So, so what are some of the band names? I was going to say, yeah. We <laughs> yeah. talk about that all the time. Like, what would our band name be? Even though yeah. none of us were in a band. No. So. It's okay. Uh, uh, most recent was Three Cities is what we called ourselves. So um, another Marion native, Patrick Brown. Um, he was the guitarist, drummer. And then our good friends, Terrell Lynn and David Herring. Uh, David, actually, his mom lives here in town as well. But uh, funny thing is, is that I was from Marion. Pat lived in, or still lives in West Lafayette, and David and Terrell live in Fort Wayne. So we're oh. like, what are we going to call ourselves? Well, we're from three cities. We'll just call ourselves three cities, and we can talk about that every time someone asks. So, yeah, um, like that. Yeah, yeah. That's and uh, you have to look it up. Still, We're on Spotify and all that Ooh, stuff. Had a few al- albums, and it's really fun rock and roll stuff. The number three, or is it spelled out? It's spelled out. Okay. Yep. So did that, is that the same core group or did they evolve? Like, did the people yeah. change? So, what is that so there like? was some movement uh, between different groups. Um, Patrick Brown and I, we started off in, here in high school playing together. And uh, Patrick Russell, um, he's another Marion native. Uh, F- Florida got him now. He's down in Florida. <laughs> but uh, And then um, shared some bands there back and forth with him and also shared some bands with Terrell Lynn. Um, who lives out of Fort Wayne from Fort Wayne, uh, but comes to Marion a lot. He has a really cool um, catering and meal prep business that does a lot of business in Marion, actually. It's called oh. Smile More. So oh. really, really cool. Very, very cool. Another like neat local-owned uh, company. So. Yeah. What, what's the genre? Did we get to be... Uh, it always stayed in the vein of rock of some okay. variation, whether it was heavy metal back in our, you know, angsty <laughs> high school days. Did you have um, long hair? No, okay. no, I tried. I tried. I could never, I couldn't get it over my ears. I'm like, this has got to go. But I tried a few times. Have you ever tried the ZZ Top beard? Because you have uh, a little bit beards. of beard. I've but had like... some beards. Yeah. 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 I've let the beards go kind of long. But, um, and, uh, but the, the most recent one, Three Cities, which was the most serious, we tried to take that the furthest. We did um, sort of, I wouldn't call it touring, but local a lot of local movement um around northeastern indiana indianapolis stuff like that and that was us really really fun we just kind of called it like party rock kind of like van halen meets um 
Billy Ocean meets, you know, just this really fun, eclectic, soulful, but rocking kind of vibe in a modern sense, not in a retro, we want to sound like them. So it's all original music, but. Oh, that's yeah. what I was going to ask. If fun you stuff. did any covers or if it was original. We would do mm-hmm. covers at mm-hmm. big shows um, mm-hmm. that they wanted us for like three hours. We'd mix in covers. So what's stuff, like the so. biggest show you've ever done with the most people? Um ballpark gee, gee i don't know uh we were on we were played for middle waves um festival in fort wayne um we opened for um the lead singer of bad company at uh brant's harley davidson i am literally we, like my mind is being blown right now really? <laughs> i really am has anyone ever one? heard of the me- metal band faster pussycat no, no. no okay <laughs> opened for them uh they were a big like 80s hair metal band um yeah, I don't know. There are a few other openers that we did, but we really always try to focus on sort of just our shows, uh, local other acts, uh, really trying to um, push the arts community. So um, I'm just going to put out there, if anyone that's involved with any of the concerts in the park, either Gas City, Marion, or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, I mean, we're all really busy, but I would, I would gladly help. Um, he said, retired. Yeah. Retired. Yeah. We're always, uh, we're always, it's always an itch, especially this time of the year when the weather starts getting nice. It's like, ah. Yeah, so I do some live music. We need to get out and play, but we're all like, we can barely even find time to have dinner with all of us. Together, <laughs> right, so right. Just to catch up Let on alone life. practice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yep. Anthony, how did you get involved in 1812? Yeah. Um, the 1812 story. So my, um, my grandfather was good friends with a lot of the very first year one reenactors. Um, he was a GM tool and die maker and, uh, really supported. Um, I feel like a lot of our family's roots, my roots come from, you know, supporting local culture through him. He was a big, community guy a lot of people knew joe fitzgerald joe fitz old joe fitz you know he had a big character um so year one which was what year 1988 was year one that was the first year of 1812 so this is so we're working on 35 years this year you got it 35th anniversary okay Yep. You got it. Um, so, uh, I was born not to date myself here and everything for everybody, (laughs) but I was born in 87. So my grandpa would always say, you've been to every single Mississippi 1812 because year one, uh, we went, I don't remember year one, but, um, it was a family tradition. He went the very first time to support his friends. I heard something crazy was going on out in the woods and we were a camping family <laughs> and love nature and outdoor yeah. stuff. So uh, he took the family and then it stuck and I would go every single year. I was sort of raised out there um, longing for fall time to go to Mississippi 1812 just as a visitor. And I think ever since I was a little kid, I always just sort of knew like how I, I want to do this someday. And, um, I, uh, got more serious about really wanting to do it probably at like age 13, 14. And at that time, my mom and dad were like, yeah, we're not, we're, we're not, we're not much camping. To do. Out That's there. crazy. So <laughs> my, but my uncle Joe, um, he is a huge history nut and, um, loved visiting reenactments and things like that. And I was able to talk him into, uh, wanting to do it. So, what my mom and dad said was, well, if you can find somebody to do it with you, go do it with them, you know? Um, well, he was sort of like, okay, it, it, cause it, it takes a lot to get into it. Uh, you got to get the clothing, the camp, the gear, the uh-huh. whole shebang. So for a year or two, we spent a lot of time collecting gear. So that was as a early teenager, that was like my Christmas list and birthday list was 1812 <laughs> gear. And How stuff easy like that. is that to yeah. find for your parents? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, so, and then, then it came about that my parents were like, you know what? Hey, you get a car, you can drive out there. You can do it. So, uh, I was 15 years old before I even got my license. Um, had my first car, a, uh, Mercury tracer. It's pretty awesome. Pretty (laughs) awesome. Hatchback. And, uh, I, I mustered up. I sort of led the band camp there with my uncle and said, okay, I got a car and you got to come with me because I need need someone to be in the seat. But, uh, and first year, 15 years old, we went out there in my little hatchback and uncle Joe came with me and we camped and told we were doing everything wrong. 
Yeah. And uh, had the wrong tent, had the wrong this, had the wrong that, because that's sometimes how it goes. A lot of the times how it goes when you're a noob out there. But they also sort of embraced us and said, but we want to help you. And, yeah. and then so ever since then, just was stuck doing that. So And you've been so president of 1812 right now? Right. Yeah. The Missinawa Battlefield Society. Correct. Yeah. Gotcha. So the Battlefield Society is a nonprofit organization. That's just all about preserving this piece of history in Grant County um, and our way that we do that as we host the event, Mississippi 1812. Um, it is a year round organization. We meet monthly, we stay active. We do have other goals. Um, but the big goal is essentially just event coordinating for 1812. So this will be my sixth, uh, year, um, for as president of the organization before then I was a director and, um, kind of just went through the chain of getting involved, getting sucked into more and more and more, and, um, and is it a volunteer <laughs> situation or is 100% it 100% volunteer. Okay. Now, every single person involved with the organization is all volunteer. Executive officers, directors, it's always been that way and probably always will. It's it's sort of like our biggest, it's a biggest blessing and biggest curse at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, because it makes it hard. It's very special, Labor but it makes it love. very hard. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sometimes <laughs> you wish you could just throw money at people to get people to do things sometimes, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it, but it also makes the group so special because everybody has that exact common denominator that it's, we're just all here for out of passion. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's awesome. So you were 30 when you became president of that, that group. Right. And so to have young people in leadership roles and the economic impact mm-hmm. that that makes for the region during that weekend has got to be significant. Yeah. It even, that shook up our group. Martin Lake, um, if you guys knew him, mm-hmm. uh, had the pleasure of getting to know the unique character of Martin Lake before he passed away. Um, he did everything to, to keep me out of that seat because he had it in his mind. There's no way that this guy, uh, who he had been mad at before. Cause <laughs> I, Martin and I battled a lot because I was the driving force of trying to sort of get 1812 into the 21st century. Um, years ago, all we had was an old crummy website that wasn't impressive at all. And I was like, this website's awful. It's fine. (laughs) We need to be on Facebook. No, we don't. And I battled him and battled him and, and won a lot, but ended up gaining his trust and a lot of, um, respect from him, but obviously is extremely mutual. Everybody, if you, if you truly know new Martin and his passion for the history of this blurb of history in Grant County, um, yeah, it was just an amazing guy. It was amazing, amazing guy. Mm -hmm. Big shoes to film, but yeah. um, but yeah, it shook him up a lot. But yeah, is there um, in your mind, is there a length of time for you to hold that role that you'd say, you know, this feels like this is a six-year role or is this a ten-year role before you begin to transition leadership, or is this a thirty-year role where you're, hey, mm-hmm. I'm in this for mm-hmm. a long time? <laughs> no, um, <laughs> you said thirty, and he was like, yeah, nope, nope. nope. So it um. It's, uh, it's tough. It's tough to say because it, there isn't, it's hard to, and I think it was hard for him. Uh, even after Martin, technically there was Jeff Seacrest, who is the president of the organization. Great guy. Look up to him a lot. Um, another set of huge shoes to fill. Martin always sort of like, sort of had his hand over everything, even though he wasn't technically the president as the founder, you always knew he was there. But um, it's hard to um, sense that somebody's ready to pass the baton to. Um, and when you, you get that sense, I would definitely take on that person and yeah. say, okay, here we go. Let's start. I need to start grooming you now. There's a lot of great volunteers. Um, being in an all-volunteer organization and running it right now is hard. covid did something bad to volunteer groups. Um, The vibe we had pre-COVID and post-COVID is just totally different. Um, (laughs) That's our biggest challenge is to get people kind of out of their living rooms and off their butts again, Mm. Um, especially for organizations like us. It's tough. So, And then furthermore, thinking, okay, who's the next person to sort of pass the baton to? Um, I would gladly do it at any point in time. I love what I do, but I know that it can't be a forever thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if anybody's listening, 
<laughs> Let me know. Well, and the recognition <laughs> of that as a leader is really impressive too. Yeah, you know, yeah, just yeah. knowing um, for me, I'm always aware of leaders are those people that are like, okay, who's next? Yeah. I care absolutely. enough about this that I want yeah. it to go on after me and past me. So absolutely. I appreciate that about you also absolutely. as a long yeah, young leader. We, I want this thing to be around for, you know, I want to take my grandkids to it, mm -hmm. you know, and do what I got to experience. But you don't want to be the president no, taking no, your grandkids no, to it. <laughs> not at all. So I'd like to enjoy it again someday. Grant, I enjoy it now, but I'd like to enjoy it as a visitor again someday. Right. So. so do you still camp out? Yes. Every, yep. The whole weekend. Mm -hmm. Is it the whole week? Getting, I know we start 18, 12 yep. things earlier in the week, but yeah. like how, when do you get out there? We, we're there um, the Thursday before the Thursday before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're there uh, as early as we can. So yeah. there's sort of that limit where... Uh, the Saturday before is technically when we start rolling. Okay. Um, uh, the village starts going up. Yeah. So and so and does your wife? Mm -hmm. She goes and she camps. Yep. Yep. Uh, my wife and kids do. Okay. And um, it's it's gotten a little tougher because I'm pulled everywhere yeah, right. for them. But uh, yeah, they, they yeah. enjoy it. Good. So, okay. Yeah. Where We Landed is supported today by Marion Design Co., a social design studio whose mission is to create sustainable design solutions to magnify the powerful stories behind organizations, businesses, and individuals. We believe good design should be accessible to everyone. Our clients include Marion Health, Mississinawa Schools, Princeton University, the City of Marion, and more. With a combined 46 years of professional design experience, collaboration is critical to our empathic design solutions through graphic design, interior design, placemaking design, and design thinking. Whether it's branding, marketing, space planning, commercial or residential interior designs, or strategic design thinking, Marion Design Co. will hold your story with care. Located in downtown Marion, Indiana, reach out to hello at mariondesign.co, find us at www.mariondesign.co, or on our Instagram and Facebook pages. Any idea the economic impact that it does bring have, have there been any studies or just rough guesstimates as to, you know, is this, what, what does it do for our local economy? So weekend? it's gotta be huge. Um, fall has to be huge for Grant County because yep. of James Dean and Ducktail and Mississippi 1812. Um, what we know is that we bring 20 to 30,000 people through the front gates for over the course of three days. Um, now a lot of those people are probably local, um, but a heck of a lot of them are out of towners. Um, it, I, I would challenge you guys. It's interesting to go around the community and ask, Hey, have you been to Missinole 1812? You live here. Yeah, have you been? No, no, I haven't. A lot of people, a lot of locals haven't gone. Mm -hmm. So there's no been, there's not been a official study done, but if yeah. you sort of do some, uh, Back of discussions, the napkin, yeah. uh, you know, casual discussions, you, you'll probably be surprised. And then that leads to thinking, well, I bet a lot of these people are probably Kokomo, Fort Wayne, Wabash. I mean, while, during the event, we talk to visitors, obviously, and we do hear from all the different places that people come from. So it's got to be huge. I know the hotels book up and things like that. And even from a, re a participant base, a reenactor base, we have people from Canada, California, Georgia, Florida, Texas. I mean, we are pulling hundreds of participants to town and they stay at hotels and not mm -hmm. all of them are technically as hardcore as some of us to where they sleep all night out there. So they'll go into town and eat and take hear, a shower. Yeah. Shower <laughs> at the YMCA and things like that. So well, it's big. I always, um, so I went to IU in Bloomington. So this would have been like the early 2000s. And I had like this creative writing class. It was like, you know, one of those little classes where there was, you know, not a huge lecture hall, but there was like maybe 30 kids in there. And mm. there was this guy and I remember him talking about, oh, I think we might do this this weekend. And he had a brochure of Mississinawa 1812. Awesome. And I was like, what? I was like, where did you find? You know, he found yeah. it at like a visitor center or something. But I was like, that's in my hometown. You should yeah. totally go that's and awesome. get a pork chop. There you but, go. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, so, and, and I'm not even sure, like I, I, my aging adult brain does not remember where this individual's from. I don't think he was even from the state, but like right. the fact that like it seemed interesting to him and he was going to yeah. drive the two and a half hours yeah. to spend the day and then, you know, come, come it's back crazy. to Bloomington. So yeah, yeah. Well, it's, yeah. 
It's and inspiring. Yeah. The, the first time I ever heard about it was I was in Bill Munn's class yeah. and you got extra credit yeah. if you went out to 1812 and I was a nerd. So I'm like, okay, mom, dad, you're taking me out here so I can get some extra credit. And, um, so we went out there and it became a family tradition. We've been every year Absolutely. since then. And then of course, rotary with pork chops, but we have family from Ohio and Arkansas and yeah. Iowa that will come in and spend the weekend with our family and just to go out yep. to 1812 yeah. and walk yeah. around and stuff. So I think that's pretty cool. And that, that's the beauty of it is it becomes tradition to so many people. Yeah. It's, it's that tradition. Yeah. There's no better well, way Well, there to was say one, it. one tradition. year we had our kids that it was too cold to take the newborns out mm. to 1812. So they stayed with my my in-laws and my family and Steve and I still went out to 1812 and left the babies in with the in-laws. Hardcore. (laughs) Well, and and the last that, well, not the last couple of years, but last year, like I have family that, you know, I have an uncle that was from here has lived in Texas for the last like 30 years. But like when he wants to travel home and come and visit, he always wants to come around 1812 because he wants to go. So, you know, then he brings my cousins and then I talk them into volunteering. (laughs) I've I've also heard so many stories of um, college students that weren't from here. They came here for IWU or Taylor or whatever brought them around that time. And um, we talked to him out there. Hey, you know, you enjoying the weekend? Where are you from? That sort of thing. And oh yeah, I've I've got to come back every fall to Missinewa 1812 because mm-hmm. I came here for three or four times while I was yeah. in school here, and uh, now they make it a point to return to Marion to go to, uh, 1812. to, go to 1812. So yeah. thank you for yeah. managing our family traditions yeah. in the community, <laughs> yeah, right? Crazy. Like that's a lot yeah. of work and yeah. a lot of pressure. Yeah, no pressure, Anthony. Uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say. So you married your to kind of bring back around yeah. to family and stuff like mm-hmm. that. You married your high school sweetheart. Did. You mentioned you have kids yep. um, and you work for her. So what does that yeah. look like? And of the list of businesses sure. Iris listed, which ones are hers and what is that? Yeah, it's a fascinating thing. So um, it's, it's a really neat story that um, I was working for Grant County State Bank. Uh, my wife was in the field of autism therapy, ABA, and um, worked for couple different companies and was in Fort Wayne working for a company up there. Uh, this is after we had moved back. And um, over the time, she always sort of knew in the back of her head um, what, in her opinion, would be the ideal um, center for ABA. And um, all the while, she was working with, alongside, uh, a lady named Danielle Pels. And Danielle sort of was doing the exact same thing, was thinking like, you know, ideally, this would be the perfect sort of place. And um, uh, let's see, there was, I think, I think Danielle left the company for a little while, had kids, things like that. Um, They hadn't seen each other in a little while. We were at Target in Fort Wayne, bumped into each other and they started talking, talking about, you know, work and things like that. And then one thing led to another where they just put both of their heads together. Then um, myself and John entered the picture of being like, okay, how could we really build a business together, your family and our family? And um, it has just sort of led the path um, uh, since then. So uh, just sort of God placed us at Target uh, for a reason. (laughs) And we've grown together as two families and our kids are great friends and we do so much together and we work together and we support each other and, and it's just taken us down a lot of paths. So So we're just following what, following the lead. So So where's the center at? How many families do you touch? Yeah. So, so Amber and Danielle, uh, run the operations of living forward ABA. Um, and, I am on the back end uh, from an administrative perspective and help with payroll and uh, a lot of hats, all the behind the scenes stuff. Um, And we purchased the old Southeast Elementary School building um, on Lincoln. And uh, that has been, it sort of created its own thing to where um, John and I sort of started being like, okay, we need to figure out how to run properties and revive properties. And it kind of created a bit of a passion there for us. So um, let's see, I don't know where I'm going here. Uh, Families, we have, uh, well, we have like 25 clients right now. Um, We have over just about at 50 employees total. We just recently opened our second location in Wabash Mm -hmm. and did the exact same thing to where there was a 
uh, old school building that Wabash Community Schools owned and Ivy Tech was using it for a while. Ivy Tech had pulled out and they're like, we need to get rid of this thing. And we're like, hey, we know how to repurpose old school buildings. Mm-hmm. And the fun and that that kind of, again, just sort of fell into our lap, but in a really special way, because a lot of our learners, uh, our kids, uh, not all, but a lot of them won't go to a traditional school setting. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool to be able to use these buildings and give them that sort of experience of being in a physical, what used to be a traditional school. Mm -hmm. So we are not a school per se, um, because we're not curriculum based. Um, We're behavioral health. Um, But yeah, so that's really neat and um, big challenge because, you know, big buildings come with a lot of work and things like that. Big problems. (laughs) They're onions. Uh, But the good thing is about these old schools is they were built like tanks. Like they are indestructible you know the government threw all the money at them of the time into them and they're really uniquely designed the southeast building that we're in right now that was my elementary school yeah Mine too. It <laughs> is, i was a roadrunner it's fascinating yeah. it is uh the the entire part like of the, the building yeah and there's mm-hmm. no there's no structural walls in the, the center mm-hmm. everything is based on the outer shell there's cables ran like huge like four inch cables ran through this place interesting and steel beams and concrete that it's fascinating from an engineering perspective um but yeah so so the wives run living aba right along with obviously john and i are a huge part of it um but they are the owner operators of aba now lvf properties is our property (laughs) property company that we um run the properties with and uh facilitate all the needs and funding of you know repairs and maintenance and improvements and things like that and then we've also gotten into um, uh, speech therapy. So hmm. Living Forward Therapies is uh, speech therapy. So that is not exclusive to our clients through the ABA Autism Services. That is also open to the public. So, um, you know, if you're a family that your child needs some some help with speech development, um, they can come in. Yeah, Fascinating. And we can help them. So. It's, it's- Anthony, what what motivates you to keep working hard? Because you've got a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's the, yeah, just passion for the community improvement, like just trying to, uh, I don't know, just better. You know, if you're not bettering what's around you, then what are you doing? You know, I guess that's sort of our mentality. Um. And I think that just sort of creates the drive. So, well, and I, I feel like that the, the other question I kind of have with that too. So, I, I heard you um, say you ran into them in Fort Wayne, yeah. like they potentially lived in Fort Wayne. So, what was the decision between? I mean, you could have uh-huh. chose to do this in Fort, Fort Wayne, Wayne, but yeah. you chose to do it here. Yeah. So we had we had known at that time that there was only one uh, provider of services here, and we knew that they were backed up. I mean, the huge waiting list. Waitless. So we knew that there was a need. Uh, that was the the obvious indication. Um, and we, Amber and I just know that, uh, just Marion needs people to come back, mm-hmm. um, return, take your talents, your money, your energy, your blood, sweat, tears, whatever, and put them here mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, Fort Wayne already has so much great, um, opportunity for the autism community and, in general. Um, so well, it just sort of led us to be like, there's a need. We well, need and, and I hear you say too, when you said that you had 50 people, you have 50, you know, employees. I mean, we're also talking that like, those are, you know, educated employees or, you know, folks that are looking at that, like that next level of, mm-hmm. you know, employment. And, you know, I, I feel like that's what I always kind of try to like bang my drum on is, you know, it's quantity versus quality, right? Like, okay, great. You know, if this employer can right. hire 300 people, but like, at what level are yeah. these people, you know, making money and yeah. how, how does that funnel into the, but my point being is that, you know, the folks that you're hiring, you know, are, are educated or have degrees yep. um, and, yeah. you know, you're looking at a different level of a standard of a living. Yeah. And it, and it's also um, really, really great to know that the impact that we're making through our employees and when we train them and get certifications yeah. and keep pushing people that way, it doesn't, it doesn't just stop at, um, you know, when they clock out at the end of the night. Uh, because again, what we're focusing on is helping the kids in our community with autism and special needs. So when these 
employees come in, whether they knew that this is a field they wanted to be in before they gave it a shot. <clears throat> Maybe some of them went to school for it. Maybe some of them didn't. They're just like, I'm going to apply for that and check it out. Um, they then go back to the community on the weekends and the evenings, and they know now how to communicate when they may notice or know that there's a, a kid with special needs. They communicate better. You know, there, there's that big thing that just went out with the Grant County Sheriff's Department with the stickers on the cars mm -hmm. to identify that we have an autistic child, um, even just for the basis of police officers approaching the car in a bit of a different way. Um, you know, we're doing that with our employees. We're when we send them back out into the community and there's on their social life, you know, they just now know a little bit more than they did on how to communicate even uh, with, with a kid with autism, which is a huge deal. So how do people let's, let's circle back to 1812 and you talked about the lack of volunteers mm -hmm. or maybe how things have changed since the pandemic. If people wanted to be a part of that, how would they get in touch with the right person mm. to be involved in yeah. 1812? Yeah. Simple as going to our Facebook or the website and shooting us a message. Mm -hmm. So we are a pretty active group. We do meet every single month, every month of the year. We meet on the second Wednesday of the month, 7 p.m. And uh, the meetings are twofold to where we're talking about business with event coordinating and all the, it never stops. A lot of people ask, you know, hey, are you getting ready for 1812? You know, it's June or something like, we've been getting ready since December, you know. We're bringing 30,000 people to the community. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't ever stop getting ready. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah. and, and we also, it's it, again, sort of that the really neat sort of family, it's your extended family. Um, so that's fun to be able to see your friends every month. And also we, have guest speakers. We talk about history. We talk about, you know, again, other things besides just the event itself, preserving the culture and history of that piece of history um, from our county. As, as Alicia was just talking about 30,000 people coming, huge number. County population, 66,000. So you think half the county shows up over that weekend over or more people, you know. So where could, could it expand or is it maxed out is that capacity it's well last year um was a top five year uh and we felt it in the parking lots um if you were at 1812 last year and you had to wait two hours in the parking lot to get your car parked i'm sorry uh but we are at a point where we don't know what to do about that because it's a it's a hard it's a bit of a conundrum because you're like well we have no more space. We're landlocked by a forest and DNR land. And we're on DNR. Our parking lots are on DNR land right now. Um, the the glitch with last year, I wouldn't call it a glitch. It was a good thing that the weather was so perfect that I don't think we had the turnover in the parking lot that people were, when they got there, they stayed yeah. all day. Mm -hmm. And that's awesome. That is so cool. I love that. But the person that's trying to get in, mm -hmm. when you're not relieving that parking spot, it made a challenge. So we are kind of at capacity from from that standpoint of the parking lots are, can only do so much. Now, the DNR is helping us a lot, and we are in the initiative right now of clearing out a lot of the uh, center growth of the parking lots to be able to use the center strips of them. Oh. Um, we're not convinced that it'll be available this year to be able to do that, but definitely probably by next year, but, but, but can, it's already underway. You can park at justice middle school Absolutely. and take the and shuttle. Take the shuttle now bus. the shuttle gets stuck in traffic still gets too. stuck in traffic, but yeah, if you don't want to battle parking, you can use a shuttle as well. The, um, our spot, obviously you guys know it's gorgeous and it's so perfect to be where we are, but we are also extremely limited from, uh, um, one way in one way out sort right. of ordeal and not to say there's, there's also a river <laughs> yeah yeah we're against a river and the woods there are you know some other paths but they're not that great of quality of paths that um mr edwards with the transportation right. he's not willing to take the buses down some of those roads yeah understand so right. it's just totally understandable yeah uh so yeah it's it's tough um but you know we'll deal with it and hopefully the community will have patience and grace and, you know, wait, wait up there or try to get there early, take the bus, you know, do whatever you got to do. But yeah. yeah. 
So I gave a little teaser earlier, and I'm going to give you opportunity to share what you'd like to share about it. Um, the old Fitz Public House. Would yeah. you like to share that with us? Yeah. What so that is um, a dream. Yeah, another endeavor. So I ha- have a passion for culture in general, and um, my uh, let's see, I'm fourth fourth generation Irish American, and uh, my great grandfather uh, was first generation, uh, born here, 1914. And, um, I, uh, spent a lot of time with my great grandma and great grandpa. They babysat me when I was a kid. And one of the things that we would do is we would go to Vogel's donut shop and we'd buy, uh, <laughs> I worked at Vogel's. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So we, we would buy, uh, a dozen of donuts. We would take caramel them Caramel rolls. Yep. Got to get the caramel rolls. Eat, eat one or two of them. And the funny thing was their generation they would then package and freeze the rest of the dozen. And then during the weekdays, they'd pull out a donut, you know, every day. And they wouldn't go back till like next Monday or something like that. And really cool memories were made there. Um, and our, uh, that side of the family, the Fitzgerald side, uh, is very, very, um, a lot of Irish tradition and culture are pretty deep within our family. So it's always been a part of every a part of me um and always enjoyed visiting irish pubs and um just that special warmth and fun and cheerful environment that they have and i always sort of had a dream that man we need one here marion needs an irish pub and actually in college i had when that building was vacant uh, i think before the city bought it um had aspired to be like, I want this building, but I'm a poor college student. <laughs> How can I figure that out? And I remember even talking to my mom about it. And uh, is this one of those things that fizzled away? And then uh, I think the city bought it and then the Creech family bought mm-hmm. it and we supported them. We'd go there for lunch and loved what they were doing there. I've always just loved that little mm-hmm. quaint little building. Um, they started to sort of figure it out that they needed to get out and uh, go down a different path. And I wrote them a letter to say, if you're ever interested in selling the building, let me know. And one thing led to another and wound up in uh, our lap. And um, that's our next sort of initiative and goal is that we are, we are converting it to be a traditional Irish pub. So cannot Love wait. Yeah. Please tell me you're thinking about putting a deck that overlooks. Her Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. That's a must. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We want to, we want to take advantage of that. That spot, it's a it's a unique little spot. spot. I don't know, there's something yeah. about it that's mm-hmm. just special. It's sort of this it's little, cool little beacon, right? When you're kind of driving down from so many different areas, it just sort of stands out. And um, we're hoping that it'll be the center of a neat piece of uh, hopefully traditional Irish, but Marian culture. So I'm gonna ask you a random question because you painted the building black. Yep. Why did you paint the building black out that, of curiosity? It's just a base coat. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. We were trying to beat the weather before it got ah. bad. And um, so we we ripped everything off, painted it black, but there's a lot more to come. Awesome. Yeah. Very more, good. more to the design. We shifted attention to the interior. So nice. Uh, All right. Now we've torn that to pieces. So. <laughs> um, our final question. Okay. What are you reading, watching, listening to? Okay. Anything good? Yeah. What do we need to go watch? Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, I, I try to watch um, TV. <laughs> Bluey is on a lot oh. in our house, <laughs> which I, I appreciate Bluey. Bluey I like Bluey. is very good. Um, but no, one of my, one of my more recent favorite shows is The Last Kingdom on Netflix. Mm, I don't know if you've ever heard of The Last so Kingdom. So good. Yeah. Watch the whole thing. Very good. That's probably been maybe my most recent favorite show. Um, There's a fun little movie that follows. I haven't the watched end of it, it yet. I'm ready so to watch good. it. Yeah, I want to. Yeah. <laughs> um, reading. I don't. I don't. I don't have a lot of time to read for pleasure. I guess I read a lot of devotional books and cookbooks and. Uh, oh, gotta get that menu ready, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah I love okay. to cook. Um, so cookbooks, my little devotionals, uh, pretty much take it. I'm I'm reading a book called A Pint of Plain actually right now, which is a. Um, an author spent a few months in Ireland and it's him documenting um, the traditional pub. And uh, so uh, for obvious reasons, I'm reading that fascinating book, but it's also sort of studying pleasure work, market research. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I've, uh, I've been to Scotland, but I've not been able to get to Ireland yet, but um, have, have done a lot of uh, visiting of Irish pub culture here in the States 
went to a lot of them. My dad and I have gone to, uh, we made a day once where we're like, we're going to Chicago and we're finding the real deal. And we're just going to go from pub to pub to pub to pub to pub till we find this is the one. Um, so we, we often venture into places like that. And, um, I've done a lot of study from that perspective, but now I'm really studying. My my family would quite frequently go back to Ireland and uh, visit the Fitzgerald castles and things like that. Not been able to do it yet. Everybody keeps saying, we need my wife's like, we need to go. Let's go. I'm like, I'm trying to do it. I'm trying to build one (laughs) now, like maybe later, but uh, yeah. So uh, listening to, I I really eclectic music taste. Um, uh, Let's see the most recent, album what i've been playing this week is a new album from wilder woods is what that's called and he's the lead singer of the band need to breathe and uh, he just released this new solo album and it's fantastic it's really really good but i listen to all kinds of stuff nathaniel rateliff and the night sweats to uh coulter wall i don't know if you've ever heard of coulter wall none of what you just said uh, have i ever heard of listening to some of these guys <laughs> so Three cities Three cities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Want to go down memory lane? I'm really there. excited yeah, to like yeah. hear I'm all this new stuff. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, Anthony, Anthony, we wanted to tell you thank you for coming. Oh in no problem. And investing yeah, in our podcast by by being a part of it today. But also, I know you were just recognized by the Growth Council for yeah. financial investment Appreciate in the community. That, yeah. And so, thank you for what you're doing. Yeah, uh, yeah. both with your time and your money. Yeah. Great event as well. So I think, yeah, the biggest thing at the end of the day, um, culture, Grant County culture, there's, I think that's what creates the tractor pull. There's something, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot to complain about. A lot of people have a lot of complaints about Marion, Grant County, et cetera. But it's like, what are you doing about it? You know, are you complaining and just sitting around? Are you leaving? What are you doing? Or come back, do something about it. So um, there's a lot of great, greatness here um and uh yeah it's just the culture tradition family you know i feel like we need to have you back on in like a year and say okay where are you at now yeah <laughs> I, hey it's fun time talking to you guys yeah, so awesome. don't me. well thank you for being on no where we landed you. and for our guests uh, or not for our guests for our listeners uh please do like us but anthony thank you for being our yeah, guest no today and uh, have a great week everybody see ya bye Today's podcast was engineered by Kyra Montero of Frequency Canvas.